Doogie, my friend. So sorry that happened. We had some crazy weather this morning, man. Kind of messed things up a bit for us, to be honest. Things happen. That's the Midwest for you because, uh, you know, it's been 100 degrees all summer and then you get these random storms. That's the, I don't know how much time you spent in the Midwest of America, but man, you never know what you're going to get here. <laughs> well, here we, here we are and a good thing too. It really is. I hope everything is going great with you. How's your summer been so far? What's what's been going on? I know a lot's going on with Alcatraz. We're going to get to that, but what what else have you been up to, man? How's it been going? Well, I've been we we bought a we bought a new house, and um, so we've been sorting that out and getting the garden all into good thing and painting DIY, you know. And do and for the last six weeks, I've been doing a lot of interviews as well, and. Uh, and it's funny how your voice, I mean, I'm used to singing six shows a night. It's six shows a night. Dear God, that would kill me. Six, <laughs> six, show, six shows a week, you know, three nights on, one night off, blah, blah, blah. And uh, But talking for two or three hours every day has has taken its toll on my wee cords. I, they always say that, you know, they don't like, they usually try to use someone else to do interviews. They don't like, especially during recording sessions or when someone's on tour, you don't want your singer out there <laughs> wasting their voice with people like me. Come on, there's crap. But uh, we certainly appreciate it. And I know how taxing that gets, man. But uh, what, so what, as far as Alcatraz goes, um, this is ambiguous because, we live in an era of uncertainty, shall we say? What, what do you guys have you heard about possible live performances? What what's kind of your goals for for twenty twenty two or late twenty twenty one as far as kind of getting back out there goes? Well, we have we have a UK tour um, booked for November now. It's been getting moved. I mean, it was it was supposed to be the tour that was going to be promoting the previous album, the Born Innocent album. Um, that Graham was going to do, and it just keeps getting moved because of the pandemic. So at the moment, it's booked in for November time. So hopefully, uh, if I mean it's it's all it's all pandemic, it's all virus uh, related, you know. Of course. So, <laughs> so the, well, the idea the album comes out in October. Yep. Um, so when that comes out, then we'll see what interest comes from different territories and uh, and we'll make plans according to how the interest is and hopefully get out and play you know I, you know I, I like to record albums to go to play live yes. work is live work is is where I'm at the happiest absolutely correct just kind of talk about you and how this Alcatraz comes to be because you know rock aficionados know of course um Obviously, you know, Graham Bonnet, legendary singer as well. You guys uh, have six degrees of, of Graham Bonnet and Doogie White. You guys have connections all over the place and you wind up taking over for him in Alcatraz. How did kind of how did what was the genesis of this and what's been your level of just uh, of happiness being in this band as they're getting set to release this new album five? Well, great. to preface all this, Graham's been a friend of mine for years, you know, and we've great been guy, good yeah. friends. And, and and he stayed at my house and he's broken my staircase. And, you know, he's, <laughs> you know, he, he's one of these guys that when he goes to the bathroom, right, and you hear, help, help, he's pulled the doorknob off on the inside. It's, that's just, he goes through periods in his life when it's like that. <laughs> it, it came, but he was up in Edinburgh and um, with Alcatraz on the last tour. 
and um, we went out for coffee together. And he said, I just don't want to do this anymore. He says, it's not my kind of music. I don't like it. I didn't like it when I was doing it with, with Malmsteen. I don't like it. didn't like it when I was doing it with Vine. I'm not enjoying it now. And so he's gone off to redo the Graham Bonnet Band, which gives him a wee bit more scope, sure. you know, away from the kind of the kind of metal that 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 is like a a nail down a blackboard to him. And so the, I was just finishing up another album, actually. Um, Long Shadows Dawn is the project. The album is Isle of Wrath, and it's and it came out on Friday on. Um, Frontiers, they're distributing it for us. Um, and I was just finishing that, and the Alcatraz guys phoned me and, and said, look, Graham's quit. We've got touring commitments. Can we do it? And then, of course, the pandemic wiped out all the touring, and I said, well, look, why don't we just record a new album? I mean, if Graham's not coming back, and you guys are wanting to do an album, I'm happy to do an album. You know, I'll join in the fun. So uh, they sent me over... Uh, three or four different ideas that were very strong. And the first one we did together was Turn of the Wheel. And that came out, that was released about six or eight weeks ago as a video. And I don't know if they still, do they still do singles? Clint? Yeah, they still call them singles. They still you know, call them they're singles, still a thing. Opinion. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's it's ever changing, of course, but yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's out there. That's out there and sort of deliverance are out there. Yes. They're on YouTube under the Alcatraz. And I mean, that just gives people an indication and a flavour of where we're going with this 2021-22 Alcatraz. Well, it's garnished a lot of excitement. A lot of people are really excited about kind of this version of Alcatraz, which is just, you know, it's gone through so many changes over the years. So many sure. band members have been in there, legendary musicians. Um, what does it mean to you as somebody, kind of like your your journey here has been, it could, it, there could be a movie made about it of all the things that you've done. I mean, from from Ingve uh, to Michael Shanker to Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. That's kind of where it all started. When you look back at these last fifty something thirty years, yes. what what has this journey kind of been like for you? Is is it hard to kind of look back on it and and take in everything that you've done? Are you more of a day to day kind of guy, or do you just step back sometimes and just? revel in, in all these wonderful things. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very much a day-to-day -day guy. Mm -hmm. um, but when I'm doing interviews like this, then it does bring up things that you remember. And, and I've, I've been, it's, been, it's been a great journey for me. It's been magical. It's not over by any means. Exactly. But, it, but, but, it's, but it's been a fascinating journey to work with just the, those three guys that you mentioned that has been a joy for me. And some, you know, if I, I was with Richie for three and a half years and with Ingrid for nearly seven and with Michael for nine, it's not as if it's, but if you're on the road only for six months with either one of those guys, writing and recording and then four months of, of um, uh, gigging, touring, there's still there's still six months left where you have to find something to do, and that's and I and I like to work. I like to sing. I like to create. I wouldn't be pompous enough to say that I'm an artist, but I like to, I I, I like to, be creative, and I like to work with people who I enjoy, and so I do sessions for people, 
Um, I still I still do occasional adverts for for different things, you know. And, and it, I'm a singer by trade. That's what I do. You know, I work with rock stars, you know, and 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 apart from Japan, I can pretty much go anywhere I like, and nobody recognizes me, which suits me just fine. <laughs> well, you you mentioned the work you did with. Michael Schenker and Temple of Rock, which was tremendous. But yeah. I got to ask you about uh, Michael Schenker Fest, which I saw twice uh, in Vegas in 2018, which was just mm-hmm. tremendous. Um, one of my, because I'm such a fan of of Gary Barden, I'm such a fan of Graham Bonnet, and certainly of Robin McCauley, who's one of my favorite singers of all time. And then to have yourself included as well to round out the full circle of Michael Schenker singers, it was something that I you never thought you would ever see what an ambitious effort it was to bring all of you guys out and to do this thing, to hear everything from UFO right up to Temple of Rock. What was that experience like for you personally? You talk about singing six nights a week. You might've had to do that, but at least you had some time off in the, in the middle of the gig. At least you yeah. didn't have to carry the gig. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it was, I thought it was very brave. I thought it was a very brave thing for Michael to do it and a very ambitious as well, but it worked. Yes. You know, because, um, you don't know how people are going to be when you put them all in a room together. Michael had come to me and he said, look, I'm going to go. When we, we did the last show of Templin Rock in, uh, I think, Denmark. And he said, I'm going to go and do something else now. And, um, and I said, okay. Uh, and he said, but I might call on you. And I said, okay. And he went away and he did, he, he did touring gigs and festivals in Japan with uh, the Michael Schenker Fest without recording anything. And then it came to recording an album, and that's when he called me up and he said, look, you know, you and I have always written really well together. Would you come in, be part of the Michael Schenker Fest, and write three songs for the, the Michael Schenker Fest album? And I said, yes, of course I will. And so that's what we did. Graham wrote three, I wrote three, Gary wrote three, and Robin wrote three. And then there were, I think there were two... They were called all songs where we all just go in and sing together, you know. And, but it was it was great fun. There's no egos at all, and uh, everybody just everybody mucks in. I mean, it's not us that are selling the tickets. I mean, let's face it, it's not my name that's on the ticket or on the billboard, you know. And so Michael's very creative in finding ways to keep the interest going. You know, he's he's put the the fest on hold. He's put Temple of Rock on hold, and he's now out with a new lineup of. The Michael Schenker Group or MSG, if you like, and um, you know he might do an album or two with them. Who knows? I don't know what's going on. I think I think it's a bit creepy to follow. You know, when you're not with somebody, it's a bit creepy to follow them. It's a bit like going standing outside your church when your girlfriend's marrying. Your friend, you know? <laughs> oh, well, I've been there, Doogie. Trust me. <laughs> I I'm such a fan of Michael and everything he's done. I thought seeing you and everybody, the singers were tremendous, but. Michael's somebody that I've had on this show multiple times, and I feel like I don't know him at all. And that's not to say that he's not nice or not engaging. I just wonder what he's like to work with, because in the times that we've had him on, I know a couple of things about Michael. He doesn't like his brother, and he loves playing guitar. That's all I've ever learned in <laughs> the times we've had him. What, what is Michael like on a personal level to work with? And do you feel that there's a kind of a distance there that he keeps with with singers because he's had such a history with the, all you singers. What, what's it like your personal story to I work with he, him? I think it's his nature. He's very friendly. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't travel with, he doesn't travel with the band. We see him at soundcheck. Hmm. We see him at the gig. 
And we, I mean, we don't hang out. I mean, I think I can count on, I can count on two fingers how many times him and I have actually eaten together, you know. Um, but I think that's, I think that's nothing. It's not an ego thing. It's just the way he lives his life. He just, he, he, he is so immersed in what he does. He, out of the all the guitar players and all the bands I've ever been in, Michael's the one that works everybody the hardest. You know, he 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 has a he has a very driven vision of what he wants, and you're expected to know your know what you're doing when you go in there, and all we're doing is fine tuning it. You know, that's and, and and that's just that's just how he works. I've he uh, Ted McKenna, who was the who was the drummer and on on the one of the first albums. Uh, he died, and and Michael came up to Scotland for his funeral. Him and Emmy came up, you know, and everybody was, you know, people were coming over and saying hello. And he's he's a lovely, friendly guy. He just doesn't, he just doesn't say very much, unless it's musical, and that's yeah. fine. And 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 that makes it that makes it good because you know that you don't have to make small talk, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, well, I would, you know, I like I would, that. Well, I would never ask him, you know. What kind of plectrums do you use? He's not interested. What kind of strings do you use? I don't care. You know, however, I did see I was going for a walk once and he said, if you see any Marshall heads like this one in white, buy it for me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll come and tell you it's the only you can go and buy it yourself, son. <laughs> oh, that that is great. I, I love to hear that perspective. Um, so as we look to the release of uh, five from Alcatraz, it's uh, yeah. October 15th. I want to make sure everybody knows that. What uh, in this day and age, I feel like I always have to ask this question when there's a new release coming out because music is so different. The music industry has changed so much. We know that. Uh, will, uh, will there be a physical copy that people can get? What's kind of the, the layout for this new album? Or what's the best way for people to get it? And it, can people go pre-order it right now? At the moment, I have no further information. It's... It's in, it, as far as I am aware, for the next 10 days or so, it, it's all embargoed. So I have no further invitation. Uh, we, we, we just did the photographs two weeks ago. Um, so, that, so I haven't even seen the mock-up of the sleeve yet. So I don't know. It's early days. It's only August. I don't think it comes out until uh, October. Yep. A couple months um, to go. Yeah. And, so, uh... So we've got to get a look at all. We've got to get a look at the sleeve. We've got to get a look at the photographs that we're going to use. I've sent the lyrics over. Um, all the de- all the details are there, but there's nothing physical yet. But it will be released. I believe as a CD. Whether it'll be on vinyl, I have no idea. Um, and and I don't know what other platforms it'll be coming out on because I don't have that information yet. Well, I want to make sure everybody can go follow that. Yeah, on the website, it's AlcatrazOfficial.com. And you yeah. can keep up to date on that. It's, it's got all the tour dates listed, which come coming up here in November, which is awesome. Uh, absolutely can't wait for that, Doogie. This is uh, to see you in this gig, to see you doing this is tremendous. But, uh, and I got to bring this up. I know you're a day-to-day guy. I know that looking back is, uh, you know, sometimes a fool's errand, but I've got to ask you about this because I'm such a huge Iron Maiden fan. I know you auditioned for the band when Blaze Bailey wound up getting the gig. So I've got to ask you about it. I just wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't. No, 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 I'm such a fan. So I just don't do it. I just don't do it in my personal life. (laughs) (laughs) 
there, there, there you go. You mean with, yeah, exactly. Me either. That's why I have so many ex-wives. Um, <laughs> so uh, Blaze Bailey joins Iron Maiden. In hindsight, I think that I love Blaze Bailey. I love what he did. I like Wolfsbane. I love what he did. Yeah. I, for one, and this changes too many things, and it's just a, it doesn't make sense to live in a what if land forever, but I think you would have been a tremendous choice. I would love to have heard your vocals on some. I thought he struggled in some of the older stuff that you would have been great at, as I've heard snippets of it over the years. Take us through your experience and if there was a, there a disappointment when you didn't get that gig because you were just coming out of Richie Blackmore's Rainbow just a couple of years prior, right? No, no. I, I was I was um, in Belgium recording an album for a band. I, I can't even remember the name now. And we've been we were there for a month in a residential studio there. And um, I got a phone. It was it was before emails. It was before mobile phones, um, and I got a I got a phone from a call from a friend of mine saying that uh, Bruce would be leaving Iron Maiden at the end of the tour, and I should send a tape in. So I finished the album, went home, made a tape up, sent it into Sanctuary, and um, I got a knock on the door on a Friday night, and it was um, it was the production manager. Who, who came to, to see me and he said, where do you think you're going? And I said, well, I was going to go to the pub. And he said, no, you're going to be singing with Iron Maiden on Monday. You know, learn these songs. Here's the lyrics. Here's a cassette. So I spent 72 hours learning Iron Maiden songs as best as I could. And uh, and I went up. He came around and Dickie Bell was his name. And Dickie came around and picked me up and, uh, on the Monday morning and drove me up to Steve's place in, in Harlow. And I just walked in there and met all the guys. We had a cup of tea and a, and a biscuit and a, a chat. And then all hell break, broke loose and I was singing with the greatest metal band in the world. It was, it was an extraordinary, <laughs> it was extraordinary. And, and we took a break and went and had more tea and biscuits. And then we went back in and did it all again. And I had a chat with Steve and, you know, he just wanted to know my sort of background and what I was, you know. And at that time, I was completely unknown, you know, known within the sort of rock circle of London or, 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 or Scotland, but not internationally at all. Whereas Blaze had toured with Will Spain with um, Maiden. So, the, so they had an idea of um, what he could do. I mean, I was a complete unknown, but they just liked my voice. So they asked me back in again. Um, and, and then a couple of weeks after that, Steve phoned me up and said, look, we've given the job to Blaze. Thank you for coming along and showing an interest. And good luck going forward. Don't tell anybody. And so I didn't tell anybody. And then, then it was, that was probably just coming up to Christmas, uh, 93. And then, you know, I joined Rainbow in April 94, which was completely uh, disconnected from anything. Sure. You know, well, that was nothing to do with <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is fascinating for sure. You've just, the career speaks for itself, Doogie. And I tell you, before we let you go, my friend, we got to hit you with our final four drum roll, which is four quick questions. And you just give us whatever comes to mind. We'll have some fun with it. What do you say? Okay. Okay, Doogie, you grow up, of course, in Scotland. What is the first album that you remember buying with your own money or that you stole? Either one. <laughs> the, man who sold the, the man who sold the world because I thought, I was 12 years old and I thought Starman was on it. Ah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, well, you surely came back and bought that later, I guess, right? <laughs> um, 
what uh, is the, do you remember uh, the first concert you ever attended, the first gig you ever saw live? The first concert I ever went to was in Motherwell Civic Centre in 1972. Um, it was a band called Nazareth. Of course. And, yes. But, <laughs> but, the, but the story is, my brother's friend's grandmother had bought tickets because she thought she was going to see Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> right? What? That's great. Well, well, hang on. It was Nazareth. There was a picture of them all looking like Ian Gillen in the, in the local paper. And they had a song called Broken Down Angel. Right? So, so she, she connected thought, the dots. Yeah. She, she being the good God-fearing woman that she was, bought four tickets for the family to all go and see Nazareth until she found out what they really were about. And she gave us the tickets. So we went to see Nazareth. That's amazing. Uh, that's one of my favorite first concert stories I've ever heard. Um, is there a song from um, Alcatraz Five, one that you're most maybe looking forward to, to performing live, or one that's really sticking out right now? That's one of your favorites. Is there a certain song that's that's hitting you right now? Today's is black. Today's song is Black Rose, which Great is a song. It, it, you know, it's it just it's it's br it's brilliant. It's got so many different little parts and little elements to it that I just love it. Sorry, it's not called... You see, it's so new to me. It's not called Black Rose at all. It's called Black Heart. Oh, I got the track list right here. Black Heart. Black Heart. Is. Black Heart, yes. It, it you is... Uh, it, you, I mean, you haven't got the sleeve yet. I mean, no wonder. I mean, I, I got it right here. Yes, Black Heart. And that's track five on the album for those ready that, that, that are going to get that. Um, tremendous. So uh, in the last year and a half, we know craziness, lockdowns, whatever. Is there a show or shows on streaming on uh, that you've had a chance to catch up on in the last year and a half that you otherwise maybe wouldn't have seen? Or are you much of a TV guy even at all? Um, the, the Certain genres of music lend themselves to being in, in a studio like that on the, on the TV. I don't know. I don't know that a, a rock or a metal band going in and standing in front of no one, head banging away, is what I would want to watch. I watched, what I did watch, I watched a great singer-songwriter who I've, who I've enjoyed for many years called Lyra Lynn. I, yeah. I, um, my wife, I actually did a festival with these, these girls, uh, a band called Larkin Poe. Inter yes. Who, who, awesome. And, and my favorite, and my favorite band at the moment, um, another American band, and uh, I actually went to Berlin to see them because when they were touring in the UK, I was overseas with Schenker, a band called Dawes. Oh, I know Dawes. Yes, That's just I mean, just brilliant stuff. So, I, 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 if when a Dawes concert comes up in one of these streaming things, I always try and jump in. Well. We're looking forward to more live stuff. I've been to several concerts this summer, starting to feel more like my life was uh, before this. So that's great. Cannot wait, Doogie, to see everything that's that Alcatraz has coming up with live performances. Hopefully we'll see you guys in America. Maybe at some point the album comes out uh, um, October 15th. Thank you so much for joining us, Doogie. Thanks for fighting through some technical difficulties this morning. No thank you so much, my friend. Glenn, good to see you. Stay healthy and well, everybody. Lots of love. Take care. You as well, sir. Thank you.